QCIB number 50, I know. Well, 50 years of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Um, remember remember 50 years ago, 1966, the Rough Riders won the Grey Cup for the first time? Yeah. And that was also the first year of the Canada Land Use Monitoring Project in Regina, or CLUMP for short. I am not making that up. No, was the CLUMP I, I don't remember that. They stopped in 1986. I guess maybe they just gave up out of disgust. I'm not quite sure. Right. But yeah, that was... It's been a great 50 years, and I'm hoping for another 50. Actually, Aiden, by Queen City Improvement Bureau number 50, it, it means it's the 50th meeting that we've broadcast on uh, CJTR, not 50 years. We don't, we don't do one a year, is what you're saying? No, no, we because do one a week. All that time travel nonsense from a few meetings back has really messed up my sense of time. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. I, I think I guess um, I, I realize we haven't taken attendance. We should do no, that we now. haven't. We should okay because I don't know if we're here. If uh, we there's no one to verify it. So we, no. exactly, it's just our word for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, the meeting today we have um, Hendu Place. Hendu Place. Hendu Place. That sounds more like a street name. Are you sure you haven't no. like written your address down somewhere? And... No, actually, no. It's funny. Um, the funny thing about Hendu Place, and this is why I'm excited to have him on on this meeting, is um, around 79 or 80, Lyndon LaRouche claimed that rock and roll was a conspiracy to weaken the American character uh, started by British intelligence. He actually said that. Really? And everybody laughed. But actually... It was a conspiracy by British intelligence, uh, and the man who engineered it all was Hendu Place. Really? Yes. Wow. Yep. They, I, I'm really glad that we have him on then. I mean, he destabilized, um, uh, I believe he destabilized Iraq in uh, in the early 50s, and he was moving on. Clearly now, he must be in town for Breakout West. He, he pro- yes, that's probably the case. So I'm, I'm happy to have him on, but... Um, it, you know, it's actually I'm I'm a little embarrassed. Oh no! As I look at it, because not I th- again. I think um, I need to rearrange these letters, and it should say Paul Deshane. Oh, that's me. Oh, perfect. All right, so you're here. I am definitely here. Okay, and uh, also uh, this meeting attending is Dia Nanogram. Dia Nanogram. Yes, no? she. I believe she had really. She was a 1980s German like industrial rock singer. Oh, I think she was also involved. in town for Breakout West. Yes, I think she was involved with every single member of Kraftwerk at one point. Ooh, yes, and she had that hit tune in 1985. <laughs> so I'm I'm looking. Wait a sec. Oh no. Sorry, it is actually not Dianagram. If you rearrange the letters, it spells Aiden Morgan. That would be you, I'm afraid. Oh, you know, I really wanted to. I think I just wanted to be Dean Anagram. Yeah. I wanted to be that crowd rock singer and like, you know, hang out with uh, Kraftwerk and Throbbing Crystal and all those. Who wouldn't? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe even hang out like Genesis P. Orange. I don't know. Anyway. So that's uh, so that's so so I guess we've so disappointing. Up but we I have know. cleared up attendance, and uh, you know, there's there's one thing we should talk about before we move into the rest of the agenda, and that's uh, what happened to the QCIB last week. Nay, what happened to the entirety of CJTR yeah, last Thursday? Right. You know. Yeah, there was just dead air. Not even there was not even a broadcast. And I think I think we should confess. I think it may have been our fault. I'm pretty sure it was our fault, yeah. I, I think what happened, because based on some like weird fluctuations from my, some of the devices I, I like to build, um, it looks like the disturbance bore the unique energy signature 
of my Einstein Rosenbridge machine. Oh, the one that made Radiothon ever so entertaining. Exactly. We leapt around in time and space. Um, so I think, here's the thing, though. I haven't used my teleportation device lately, so I think that whatever is going to happen will happen. Wait, wait. Okay, so hang on. What do you mean? I mean, the outage happened last Thursday. Right. But the event that makes that outage happen will happen in the future. Because okay. my teleportation device just leaps around in time like a crazy little jackrabbit. So if you turn it off now, then the power outage from last week won't have happened. I came up with a better solution. Oh, yeah? Because turning it off might cause a feedback loop that could actually create a singularity in the basement and draw in, like, all of City Hall. Mm. So what I was thinking, I just uh, I just have a little toggle device, and I went from uh, send, which would send people and things at a time and space, to receive, which brings things in. Oh, okay. So, uh, so there's no problem. Then. No problem. So if all goes according to plan, it will never happen, and that outage won't happen, and we will not even have had this conversation. Okay, and this will be QCIB 51, Right. And we'll have had this meeting last week. Exactly. Okay, excellent. But, hold on, I hear something. Oh, I'm going to check something in the boiler room. Okay. Wow. Okay, that was pretty rude, uh, running off like that. Um, it's like he forgot that we have, like, a really packed agenda tonight and a guest in the sub-basement with us. Uh, Vicki Nelson is here. Hello. Yeah, to talk about the Queen City Hub. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for coming down. Uh, I'm actually really surprised that Aiden would uh, not stick around and run off like that because uh, he's pretty excited to have you here today, although he's kind of nearsighted and I think he misread the agenda and I think he thinks that you're uh, Ricky Nelson, the singer. Well, that would be pretty cool too, but unfortunately I'm just old Vicky Nelson. Okay. Well, you know, I, I didn't want to like, you know, break his heart and, you know, destroy his, uh, his hopes and dreams that he'd finally get to meet Ricky Nelson. So I haven't told him. Well, maybe when he gets back, okay. you can, you can lie. I can sneak out or something and you could, uh, just tell him it was, oh, get, that's... I could, I could do an autograph or something. Oh, as Ricky Nelson. That's a fantastic idea. I okay. love that. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> okay, well, you're here to talk about the Queen City Hub, but yeah. you were actually uh, you were actually an improvement vector candidate, or and now improvement vector. Mm -hmm. um, back November of last year, you were here with the Queen City, or sorry, the Citizen Social Club. Yeah. Uh, what happened to the Citizen Social Club? Um, we're just a little bit less social. Uh, it, it still exists, um, but there's been a little bit less organizing around getting to city council meetings. Um, that's not to say that it will not happen again in the future. We just, uh, a few, a few life things happened for some of us in between last November and now. So yeah. babies have been born, plays have been created, you know, right. but, uh, but we're, we're still, if people are interested in that. Get in contact with the Queen City Hub, and, and we uh, will happily add you to our email list. Oh, we right let on. people know when we're heading to meetings and making reservations at at uh, bars and whatnot. So Cool, because you've missed some brutally long meetings. Yeah, well, you know, and unofficially, I have attended a few, and yeah, there's been some, there's some, been some big business, but um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to, we got a new council coming up, and we're going to really hold them accountable, start Good. going and and watching, seeing who the new flashy players are. Right on. Well, um, you're here tonight to talk about the Queen City Hub. What is the Queen City Hub? So the Queen City Hub is an organization that um, wants to try to engage Virginians, Regina folks, um, in trying to make the city a more interesting, more vibrant, more inclusive place. So uh, originally, Queen City Hub is... As an organization, it's about three years old now, maybe a little bit more. And uh, we used to actually have a physical location set up with our friends in the Creative City Center. Um, and we found that we did programming and we also offered a co-working space. And we found that people really loved our programming and came. We had very successful programs we ran and we had less successful co-working hours. So we kind of shifted our focus about a year ago, um, maybe a year and a half. And... Uh, uh, no longer have a physical location, but instead are uh, yeah a group of rebel rousers who want to get different parts of Regina, different groups, different organizations talking together, working together, and trying to make the city yeah more more progressive, more sustainable, you know all those good things. 
Right. And what kind of programming were you guys putting on that uh, people were digging? Um, well, we d- ran a series of events called uh, Urbanity. Um, so, oh, right. Yeah, so we those were very popular. We had three of those um, in our space that talked about everything from sort of urban design to uh, um, trying to do some kind of... The words are leaving me, but like events that get people excited and and better utilize spaces. And then we actually, from that, did a urbanity open air. It was called um, an outdoor space, sort of just in an alleyway off of the plaza. Yeah. So that was last October. Actually, it was like a year ago. I got one of those Facebook memories. It was a year ago, last weekend. So oh wow, yeah. And so um, th- those were those were kind of at the tail end of us having a physical space, and um, those were really popular. And then we've done some other stuff since then, and and now we're kind of doing a uh, sort of less an event, but we're running a campaign around the municipal election. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, um, that was the other thing we wanted to talk about yeah, uh, with you tonight, is the municipal election. And uh, we noticed that back in May, you guys ran uh, two municipal election chats. Mm-hmm. What the heck was that? So the first one was, was it May? Yeah. And then I think we did another one in August, maybe. There was So there was one, uh, yeah, there were two. Essentially, we wanted to get people together who might not otherwise talk to sort of strategize around how we can get um, sort of city councillors elected that want Regina to be creative and diverse and um, sort of citizen-focused and citizen-centered. And so we had people that came to those. uh, Both events had about 50 people show up, and um, we had uh, people come from all sorts of groups and representing all sorts of uh, walks of life. And and it was awesome. They were both really great, actually. There was really good conversation that came out of it. Um, but a lot of it hinged around we'll be supporting um, sort of those exciting campaigns. You know, people wanted to get involved in it, people's exciting campaigns. And it, it seemed like until sort of the beginning of October, there wasn't that many people looking to run in the election. So mm-hmm. it was it was a, an interesting thing to balance. But, um, yeah, so we talked about what other groups... So, like for example, lots of the like labor folks in Regina are running their own sort of endorsement campaigns or um, looking at stuff like that. So they were talking about their offering and um, smaller groups like Bike Regina and uh, Food Regina and stuff. They were like, we want to send out um, questionnaires to candidates and stuff like that. So we sort of talked about how we could kind of work together and collaborate. And yeah, nice. Yeah. Did any candidates come out of these chats? I think, you know, I don't know if they'd, I'd say officially, but I think there was people being shoulder-tapped and stuff after right. the events. And um, and then definitely, so the first one, there's people being shoulder-tapped. And then the second event, there was several people who declared, like we went around and did introductions, who were planning on running. Right. So in different wards and stuff. And they were there, I think, in some way to kind of promote themselves and in some way to figure out what the, like, get a pulse on things. And so they were candidates that sort of self-declared as progressive progressive folks so right yeah. uh, was it an opportunity for people to learn how to run a campaign or was it more about how like people uh people who are interested in the campaign can sort of like get involved and sort of like pressure the direction of it yeah it was the second one it yeah. was more about it was more about um people wanting to get candidates to wanting to support progressive candidates and then also wanting to help get those progressive candidates elected essentially that was kind of where the how the conversation went and then also just to i mean from the hubs perspective we really just wanted to figure out some creative ways to get um to get voter turnout out and to get people talking about what kind of issues come up at city council meetings and at public you know or the school board meetings and stuff like that like what why should we care i guess mm-hmm. yeah did you get any interest from like sitting councillors or from uh people within city administration even uh no sitting councillors were involved i don't think no i don't think so and uh city administrations i mean we have we have a few folks that are pretty involved with lots of our stuff that work work in city hall but they come to this stuff in a very unofficial way right yeah right Interesting. Uh, so, how successful? Oh, I should mention that we are uh, we're broadcasting this meeting on ninety one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio, and this is the Queen City Improvement Bureau. And we're wondering uh, how official do you? Uh, or how sorry, geez, uh, how uh, how effective do you feel that your work was through this? Um, that's like hard to say. The election is still happening. I think. It gave it got a lot of people excited. It got like 
50 people two times excited (laughs) and uh, eager for a really interesting, exciting race. But but the thing I know or I've realized is that people get really excited around the mayor race. And um, it doesn't this what happened is there's not a candidate that's really exciting necessarily. I mean, there's some interesting candidates and and doing good work. Don't get me wrong, but there's not that. Like if we can think back four years, there was so there were so many candidates, and there was some really interesting folks that had some some real potential and vision for the city that that could kind of rally support. And and I'll say also in different wards, there was exciting campaigns as well. And um, there's good people running good campaigns in lots of different wards. But uh, from what I've the pulse I've got from folks is it's maybe not as exciting as it was four years ago for whatever reason and and i've sort of suggest maybe that's because it feels like the mayor seat is a done deal and that sucks you know nobody wants to go and vote when you feel like your vote doesn't matter right so it's not really your fault that the the election is kind of a dud i hope not (laughs) i hope that the queen city have or me will be blamed for this election no yeah uh, yeah yeah unfortunately there just wasn't somebody awesome who could commit to putting in the real hard work of running a really intense campaign and and not just the work but the money and all that stuff yeah because that's one of the things about this mayor uh, like running a mayoral campaign here is that the amount of money that's involved is is quite huge like you you really have to like commit to that Mm -hmm. and it means giving up your job pretty much or like being willing to drop your job if you're to win yeah if you want to take it seriously and i mean the other thing is there was talk, so at the second meeting, it was in August, it must have been early August, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like, there was talk of, you know, would Marion Donnelly run again or whatever. She was actually present in the room, but right. um, she said she wouldn't. And I was thinking, you know, like, really, if somebody was going to run a proper campaign, they need to think about this in May, kind of, yeah. you know, like it takes it takes work to do it right. And, and it takes um, a big group of volunteers, I think, to do yeah. it well, so. Yeah. So have you guys gone out and volunteered on other campaigns? Are you involved in like sort of ward level and subdivision level stuff? Um, official, like the Queen City Hub is not officially involved, but lots yeah. of like folks on our boards are very involved in lots of campaigns. And then the people that were attended those meetings are definitely, like I know of many of them are very involved in different campaigns, be it on the school board levels or more different wards and stuff like that yeah right so what are you guys hearing out on the streets um just like it is the the mayoral campaign is crushingly dull and it's kind of an obvious turn uh result but uh, there are a lot of interesting ward races like mm-hmm. six ward and six, yeah. um two and seven where you have incumbents running against like large fields of candidates um are you are you like getting any like word back on what people are hearing on the doorsteps or a pulse of the city um no, I haven't heard too much. I mean, I've just heard like very small anecdotal stuff, but it it does again that anecdotal stuff feels like it's kind of like a yeah, incumbents are probably going to get in and it's again that sort of is that rhetoric is just like, well, why do I even go vote then, you know? Who cares? Yeah. So it's going to be like a slate of mostly men all white, you know, yeah. like it's going to be, you know, in a certain age bracket and stuff like that, which is too bad, but um so that's why the campaign that the Queen City Hub ended up running is a little shift from just this election. Like, instead of it just being about the candidates, we've really tried to get people to engage on, like, what issues matter. Mm-hmm. Because we all vote, but then we can actually hold these people accountable, right? And and I think that's more important because um, the thing I've noticed of being a member of this, the social club is that people who are city councillors like to be popular they like hmm. to they like to be liked um it's not a partisan thing they don't they don't have to hold any particular line right so uh if we care about housing or we care about public transit and we make enough noise about it like it's not hard it's not that hard to shift their vote we saw that with like the strip club vote you know it just mm-hmm. who's in the room it changed it changes the conversation every time right so, so instead we've had different citizens taking photos posting on social media talking about what issues actually matter to them yeah so uh, the hashtag my yqr you can check that out on instagram or facebook i don't know about twitter (laughs) i don't tweet um but uh anyways there's a group of folks posting photos pretty much every day new photos people are we ask to submit like what issue matters to you and uh and then like let's talk about it and there's been some interesting feedback on those photos some a lot of not a lot, but some of the feedback's been like, so what, ho-hum, it's done deal. But I think, like, let's 
yeah, okay, Fougere is probably going to be mayor. Let's take a breath and be like, so what does Regina look like? Yeah. You know, doesn't have to look like, uh, it doesn't have to look any one way. He's one vote on a big council, so. Yeah, and we are going to see minimum uh, three new councillors. Yeah, that's council. true. Yeah. And, you know, there's a potential for one or two more in other wards. Uh, I don't know that that'll happen, but uh, when you get three to five councillors could shift, that can, like, completely totally. transform the council. Yeah, totally. And I think that's, like, I don't know about other city councils, but in Regina, you have one person who's well-spoken say a few things. It can, like, just change everybody's thinking. You can, like, watch it happen. So there's not, uh, some people are dug in. And lots of people are just like willing to be like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's go with that. So I think the work begins on, on October 26th for citizens to actually make Regina a bit more interesting, a bit more progressive. And, and, uh, hopefully, uh, the reality of these visions that people are sort of explaining on this, the MyYQR, uh, campaign. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so just to wrap up, do you think, uh, record setting, Regina, Queen City, uh, voter turnout? Ugh, no. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm, if I was betting, a betting person, I would say probably record setting for lowest turnout, maybe. Yeah. Unfortunately, but I'm hey, let's that. prove them wrong, Regina. Prove me wrong. Show up, vote. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's see what we get. Awesome. Okay, well, thanks a lot for coming down yeah, to the sub-basement. Yeah, I know you have to take off. Here. It is. Yeah, I'm sorry. But uh, you, you've you already received a... Uh, 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 the certificate. Yeah. The certificate. Sorry, yeah, I'm maybe. a vector. Yeah, you're a vector. But uh, so we do have like a postcard set for you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gorgeous. Thanks. No worries. You can send so these those to are, people. Those are official Queen City Improvement Bureau postcards. Cool. And, uh, yeah, so thanks a lot for coming down. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, uh, Aiden will be really sad that he yeah, missed Yeah, well, we'll, 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 I can print off a Ricky Nelson photo and sign it or something. Okay, if yeah. you could do that on your way out, that'd yeah, be awesome. no worries. Okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> okay, see you. Okay, bye. Aiden? Are you coming back? You missed okay, Ricky. Okay, I checked in the boiler room. Things are going crazy in there. Things are teleporting through the Einstein-Rosenbridge machine into the boiler room. It's little jars of leg wax and pints of milk. Ew. And no, they're just filling it up. I wonder, Maybe they're falling out of cars and into like a singularity. I'm not sure. So what I did, um, actually, I just I fixed it. I just flicked the, uh, the toggle back to send, and they should all go back to where they were. Okay, good. So we don't have to worry about anything anymore. Hold on. Actually, I'm looking at my readings... It looks like I teleported them all into, like, a transformer box last Thursday. Aiden? It's not my fault. It's, it's just, it's, it's a causal loop. It's predetermined. Dang. So now we don't get that extra meeting. No, we don't. Well, yeah. so we're definitely sorry about that outage last yeah. week. Big apologies to CJTR. Yep. And to all of the rest of the uh, Thursday Night Action Pack, because... Everything from, from just no, actually uh, everything from Prey Naturalist through to the Nerdcore Cabaret was off the air because of us. Yep. So so very sorry, and also very sorry to the people that now because of what happened, can't go out to get their legs waxed and a pint of milk because it's all in that transformer box. Right. And apologies to the uh, Sask Energy people who had or the Sask Power people who had to come down and scrape all that leg wax and milk out of that transformer to get the power back up. That's right. And they couldn't you couldn't even like resell it at that point. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, are we on to innovative revenue tools now? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Well, well, that was cool. Yeah. We had like Ricky Nelson on. We did. I think, uh, and this actually leads into tonight's innovative revenue tool. Oh, really? Yeah. You have an innovative revenue tool involving Ricky Ricky Nelson? Yes, Ricky Nelson, who, okay. who I believe. Yeah, I like. I had to go out for a little bit there, so I wasn't here for Mr. Nelson. But I'm super stoked that we had him on. That's probably our most prestigious guest so far, uh, unless you count uh, Dave Chapados. Yes. Uh, or others. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, so I had a great idea to boost the city's bottom line by inviting Mr. Nelson to play a night at the casino called An Evening with Ricky Nelson. Oh. And he can tell tales from like his time on the adventures of Ozzy and Harriet to when he was on Rio Bravo. He can talk about John Wayne and then some play some tunes up to, say, Garden Party, you know, his big hit. Nice. And then we invite him back here. Here's where it gets 
here's where it gets clever. We invite them back here, send them through our Einstein-Rosenbridge machine back to the same evening and make them live out that fundraising evening for all eternity. Oh my God! And so we, infinite we, fundraising. Yeah, we put and we pocket the difference. This is fantastic. I know. Wow. It's uh, yeah. This is probably the best idea I've had ever since I came up with that Einstein Rosenberg machine. <laughs> and we may have just figured out how you paid for it. I think. That, yeah, that is weird because I mean it's probably at least three million dollars. So yeah. That's probably where the funds will have come from. So in some timeline, Ricky Nelson is trapped at the Regina Casino, raising money for your Einstein Rosenbridge device. And other things. And other things. Yes. And bottles. Yeah, also the space shuttle that that we bought for $80,000 a while back. Money well spent. Very well spent. Yeah. Very bulky. But, but well, well spent. spent. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, if that innovative revenue tool does not, uh, does not fly upstairs, uh, we've got a few more here. Okay, and we're back. From those fantastic revenue tools. All right, so what's next on the agenda? It seems that uh, we've been going to forums for the last two to three weeks. I believe that's Fora. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there were two forums that we attended over the last three weeks. There was a, uh, a candidates forum for mayoral candidates uh, that was held at the Cathedral Neighborhood Center. Mm-hmm. And there was also one for the Ward 3 candidates, also at the Cathedral Neighborhood Center. Um, so I went to the mayoral forum solo. Yes. And I, I, I brought our tape recorder, and I recorded the entire thing. And uh, it was a really boring night, Aiden. I, I, I have to admit, I may have slept through part of it. And as I'm listening to the... I, it was like... Six sides of cassette tapes worth of whoa, because it of went for night. hours. It did. It went for it went for two hours, <laughs> two whole hours. And so I was like trying to figure out. Okay, so if I go back to the QCIB and I have to like show or I have to play all of this for Aiden, what can I do to make it more interesting? And for the people out there in CJTR Radio Land, how can I make something this dull and boring uh, more interesting? And it occurred to me that. Uh, an election is a lot like a reality TV show, mm-hmm. and an, and a candidate forum uh, is kind of like those moments where the people in a reality show, say like in Big Brother, talk to the camera and address the people who are watching the show and explain what they're thinking. Right, like when they're like in the confession booth. Yeah. Exactly. So I decided that the only way to make this mayoral forum more interesting to people, or even just barely interesting or tolerable to people, is to play some really pumping techno music in the background, a la Big Brother UK. And as you listen to this, just imagine that the candidates are sitting in big comfy chairs in the diary room and they're speaking directly to you. successes, lots of good things happen, and some challenges. Um, 
lots of infrastructure development, lots of infrastructure investment for our city. Um, the wastewater treatment plant, the stadium. We solved the civic pension plan and the police pension plan, so those people who work to build our city actually were, are taken care of in the, in the retirement years. And those who are working for the city know that they have a pension when they retire. In terms of my platform, what I want to see, I do want to see the neighborhood plan looked at early on to ensure that where we have development happening, infill development, that is done with respect to the neighborhood around it and fits into the neighborhood. Core infrastructure funding, again, would continue on. Um, I want to make sure your tax dollars are used wisely. So I'll do a core service review to make sure the money that we that you send us for, uh, by way of taxes is spent wisely and stretched to its limits so it's used properly. And I also want to work with our partners throughout the city to uh, eliminate homelessness over the course of hopefully the, the next term. That I think is really, really important for, for all of us. Um, working in our downtown to ensure that is uh, developed. The rail yard uh, renewal project in the heart of our city, another investment to see more jobs created, more investment, more people being in our city. in Regina since we came to town in 57 with my parents and my goals are to present to you a transparent and accountable city council that uh, will listen to you looking at taking care of our infrastructure and uh, spending our tax dollars wisely I want to take care of our crime rate as well as uh, homelessness and I'm going to look at working with leaders in the Aboriginal community and I want to uh, work closely as well with the surrounding communities in a partnership and cooperative way so and as well I'm looking at uh, with the assistance of Housing First and then using the models of Medicine Hat in Toronto, reduce homelessness, and uh, give our citizens affordable housing as they need it. I'd like to invite Mr. Elliott to the podium, please. I currently work as a disability services facilitator, which basically means I help uh, disabled uh, people navigate the systems so that they can have a good quality of life. I also bring a, a new voice. I think uh, most of the current uh, mayors in the past have been coming from the business or the development community. Uh, my voice clearly comes from the inner city and from the nonprofit sector. So that I think we'll, we'll put a different perspective onto the, uh, the question around uh, how the city grows into the future. The uh, last comments I'll make is, is around a quote that I, I, uh, I saw from Martin Luther King, and I think it, it puts what I want to do in, into context. It says, our lives end when we become silent on things that matter. Uh, everything in this city uh, matters to me, whether it's uh, housing, whether it's the environment, whether it's people, and that's what I'll bring to uh, the position of council in the position of mayor. Okay, so that was the four candidates for for mayor in Regina. Uh, what, what about what about frontrunner Wayne Ast? Wayne Ast just didn't show up. Huh. Everybody was very disappointed. Well, uh, he's got my vote. Okay. Just for not showing up. Because <laughs> I want to encourage that. Well, there you go. Wayne Ast, one more vote for Wayne. After the, those were, all those uh, clips were from the opening statements. Um, after that, there were questions from the audience and then closing statements. Anybody who wants to listen to the rest of that Mayor's Forum, for whatever reason, can find clips from the question and answer period. All the question and answers are broken down into MP3s and the opening and closing statements in full for all four candidates on the Queen City Improvement Bureau website. So you go to queencityib.com. And then you click on Memos on the left-hand side that takes you to a blog page. And there you will find more candidate audio than you could ever hope to get through in a single night. Excellent. That sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah. So that was the uh, mayoral candidates forum. Uh, I understand that you 
attended the Ward 3 candidates forum. Yes, I did. I escaped through the vents and I uh, went to the blah. I went to the Ward 3 forum the other night and saw five candidates, uh, Tamara Knight, Andrew Stevens, Brian Reeder, Amanda Baker and Jeannie Clive. Good. <laughs> and not not Jean Clive. People kept calling her Jean Clive until at one point she got up and said I'm Jeannie Clive, and then she may have vaguely threatened us. I'm not sure. I think she said that her mother was turning in her grave. That's right. Okay, I just heard grave. <laughs> and I thought, uh-oh, the candidates have resorted to, like, threats of, like, murder and violence already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I have to say, uh, after, after attending the forum, I actually encourage uh, anybody in the city to attend these forums in the future, because they tell you more about your candidate than any amount of door knocking or pamphlets will do. Uh, because you, you see them together, you, see, you understand who's got what kind of vision, if any, and who actually has a handle on the issues. I think, and uh, not to be partisan, I'm not partisan, uh, but I'm pretty sure that Andrew Stevens carried the night. Yeah. Uh, the old, old candidates had uh, particular issues, and some gave very thoughtful responses to some of the questions, but Stevens was clearly the most prepared, uh, and he seemed to be the one with sort of the most far-reaching vision. Uh, however, I'm not sure if it was vision or just competence. Hmm. Uh, and I think, I think, I think if we can't get vision, competence is a pretty acceptable thing from a municipal candidate. I, I, I think so. I, I just, I just, I just watched what was happening up there and watched uh, most of the candidates seemingly interested uh, more in the status quo in a, in a ward that is known for being progressive. Uh, they have a few ideas that any cathedral area resident would resonate with, such as heritage properties. But um, most of them seem like cowed in advance by the difficulties of uh, and complexities of city council. And hmm. uh, almost all seem to be more about managing expectations than delivering a vision or a promise. Uh, one of the best questions of the evening came from, uh, his name was Dylan, I didn't catch his last name, hmm. and he had questions about uh, transit, paratransit, uh, right. because the situation in paratransit Regina is, it's not just dire, it's absurd. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can, you have to book, if you, if you are disabled and need paratransit, you, sometimes you need to go to an appointment, uh, and you have to book paratransit a week in advance, and that's no guarantee they'll show up. Uh, so he, I think he asked a really good question. It's like, what are you committed to reducing that, mm-hmm. getting the refusal rate to zero, getting at least same-day you know, uh, you know, transit? Uh, and to their credit, most of the candidates, uh, I mean, they all supported that idea. So. Uh, and that uh, questioner, his name was Dylan Morin. And he actually had to get up a few times um, and actually clarify his question. And he, he held the candidate's feet to the fire yeah. uh, in probably the best way possible on, yeah. that, on that one. All right. Okay, well, that is the Ward 3 Candidates Forum. Again, if people want to get more audio from that event, we are going to have uh, opening and closing statements and the Q&A on the uh, Queen City Improvement Bureau website, queencityib.com. Okay, uh, well, the last thing on the agenda, this is our final meeting before the election, and we've been following this election probably too close, <laughs> considering how <laughs> exciting it has been. Yes, much more closely than it warrants, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is time for us to, uh, to, to make our predictions for how things are going to turn out on sure. October 26th. Okay, I'd like if we played some fearful music. That c- we can do that. Music. I don't know what... Whatever, whatever um, we want to Ominous do. foreboding. Yes. Foreboding exactly. music. Okay. The, fu- the future is scary. Okay. Foreboding music. Um, okay. The first prediction, I think, is probably... The, I wanna, I'm going to run through my predictions, and I've written them out in order from easiest prediction to hardest prediction. Easiest prediction, I think, without a doubt, is for Mayor Michael Fougere. This election, there's no big issue... I think people, from what I've heard, are by and large pretty content with what this council has accomplished and where the city is at right now. This is the year for incumbents, uh, and if you couldn't tell from the audio from the uh, candidates forum for mayor, uh, Michael Fougere doesn't really have any strong competition. So, And there's been polling done. Mayor Fougere is sitting at 41% in the polls. The next closest is Wayne Ast and Tony Fiacco tied for 4%. And the margin of error on that poll was 3.99%. 
So it's pretty clear that Michael Fougere is going to be the winner. Well, I don't know about that one. I think I think he might have some competition uh, in the form of candidate who wasn't at the debates. That's um, candidate Pico Muhair. Actually, a fish from Lake Beefenbaker who got a wig cut around his head and was mistaken for a person. And now he's in the running. And I like his chances. You know, he does have the sympathy vote. Yes. Locked in. And at a slight distance, he looks a bit like Mayor Fougere. So that confusion could work in his favor. That's true. And um, a, a, an element of the poll that I didn't mention, 46% uh, undecided voters. So technically, it's wide open yeah. to Pickerel Mujer yes. to like come up the middle and uh, capture all those undecided votes. Exactly. And, uh, well, I guess we'll have our first fish. <laughs> That's exactly. It's, you know, I'm all for that kind of quality. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, next, uh, the next two up are uh, Wards 1 and Ward 5. Um, which, again, I think are dead easy to pick. Barb Young in Ward 1, I think, is going to win it. Uh, she's the sitting councillor there. And in Ward 5, John Fendura, no question. In both cases, um, their competition, they, they each only are only up against one other person. Barb Young is up against Robert Burnett. John Fendura is up against Anthony Goodman. Both of those candidates entered very late. Neither of them have any government experience. And both Young and Fendura are extremely, extremely well-loved uh, counselors. The only thing I could see happening is Anthony Goodman. He's got arguably the best surname for people who don't know what's going on and are just picking a name at random in the <laughs> voting booth. Those seem like strong choices, but I'm going to have to go in a different direction. Okay. For Ward 1, I'm going to pick Sarah Juventus. She's, uh, she's running. Not much is known about her, but she does have a metal leg and apparently a dark secret. Oh. And I think people will want to know what that dark secret is. And the only way to find out is to vote her into council. Yeah, she's promised to reveal her dark secret. Oh, brilliant, I know. brilliant campaign I strategy. I thought so, too. Right. And, and in Ward 5? Ward 5, I'm going to go with Tom Fedora. Tom Fedora? Yeah, he's a hard-bitten private eye uh, who uh, is willing to give up that life to become a councillor. And I think that kind of sacrifice and that sort of gritty past really will resonate with voters. I think you're probably right there. I'm feeling foolish for just picking the, the dull, tall incumbents. <laughs> All right. Well, in Ward 8 and Ward 10, um, I'm making boring choices again. I'm also going with the incumbents, Mike O'Donnell and Jerry Flagel. Um, they have slightly more competition. Mike O'Donnell has, is up against three other candidates. Jerry Flagel up against two. But once again, these are two popular candidates. Uh, this is an incumbent year. I don't see them having much in the way of competition. Well, I think there is some competition uh, in Ward 8. Uh, O'Donnell, I think, faces some stiff competition from Terence Taz Fitzmonahan. Uh, he's actually a reincarnation of the Irish folk hero Kahula. Oh Jesus! How can you not vote for him? Precisely. I mean, he'll he'll basically like vanquish our enemies. Uh, the problem is he might drink all our ale. No, oh. because he drinks it by the barrelful. Right. Right. Yes. But that would just encourage more ale production in uh, the Queen City, and oh, he doesn't want that. Exactly. More craft breweries. Exactly. Okay, I'm a fan. Okay, okay. who do you have for uh, Ward Ten? I have uh, Harry Bagel. Harry Bagel. Yes. Uh, he actually, um, he's aware of, of how silly his name is, and he actually opened a business, a labeling business called Bagel's Labels. And he did that partially because people were like, why don't you open a bagel business? And he said, you know, I don't think so. And opened a label business. Okay. So, and everybody here, like, almost everything in Regina that's labeled is labeled with Bagel's Labels. How could you not vote for Bagel? For, for Harry Bagel. Bagel. For Harry Bagel. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Again. So I say Harry Bagel over Flake. Okay. Um, all right, well, uh, my picks for Wards 2 and Ward 7. Uh, again, I'm going with boring incumbents. Uh, Bob Hawkins in Ward 2, Sharon Bryce in Ward 7. Bob Hawkins, for, uh, first term councillor. Sharon Bryce, a, uh, a long time councillor. I don't know if this is her fourth term that she's running for. I believe I. I suspect there's a lot of discontent in those two wards because in both cases there are incredibly large fields running up against incumbents. Uh, my suspicion is this indicates that people may not be super happy with the state of their ward or with their councillor, mm -hmm. but there's going to be so much vote splitting that I think that uh, in neither case has there been like a candidate who's sort of like, you know, risen out of the pack. 
and uh, become like the focus of any kind of voter disgruntlement. So I think that, again, the incumbents are going to carry the day in both. These might be closer races, though, than the ones we've mentioned before. Yeah, maybe, because I, you know, I think, uh, I mean, we've, we've, we've talked to Bob, we've had him on the show, uh, but I don't think he really sees what's coming. What's coming is John Osprey. John Osprey. An interesting fellow. He actually once mounted a constitutional challenge against, like, a pack of disposable razor blades. Really? Because they were disposable. And, uh, yeah. Fair enough. And, and he won. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and now you can't dispose of those razor blades. The, just that specific pack? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, so Who do you yeah, have so, for uh, Ward I'll, 7? Ward 7. I've got Shannon Vice. Uh, tough as nails cop with 30 years on the force. Uh, everybody loves cops. Everybody loves cops. Uh, she lost her partner in like uh, you know a drug shootout uh, back in the 70s. So I, I think I think she's gonna have the cop vote on her side, and people really respond to uh, to, to law and order vote. We are a law and order city. Exactly. Okay. Well, maybe maybe you're right. I I'm gonna stick with my picks though. Uh, Ward three. Uh, my pick for Ward 3, I think it's probably obvious from what we were saying earlier, Andrew Stevens. Uh, there's no incumbent in this ward, so it's just the uh, five people who are running we mentioned earlier. As we here in the sub-basement are in Ward 3, we've seen the strength of Andrew's ground game. He got his signs up early. There were a lot of them. And most importantly, the man understands the importance of good candidate sign design. You want to go with big, bold sans serif letters so that you can see the name from a block away so you can build up that name recognition nobody else who's running in Ward 3 did that so even if you're not paying attention to the election very much you've probably seen Andrew Stevens' name you get into the voter booth you're going to pick him good point uh, the problem is though that in Ward 3 there's the highest proportion of dyslexic people so they'll probably vote for Stephen Andrews Oh. And, he'll, and Stephen Andrews will take the vote. Okay. Uh, Ward 4, I'm picking Brian Burnett. Um, this one was a hard pick, though. Burnett, I don't... Having been to a lot of council meetings, he has not been a standout councillor over the last four years. He didn't do a lot to define himself, and he always seemed awfully unsure. Even on his last day in council, he managed to make mention of how he is a first-term councillor. And I'm thinking... It's after four years. It's time to, to put that to rest. Um, so I think that in a normal election, he would be incredibly vulnerable. Um, and he's also up against some strong competition in Ward Four. Asfad Devia has run before, so he knows how mm -hmm. to do a campaign. Lori Brashani has like business and government experience. She would be if you want to switch from one establishment candidate to another. Lori would be your pick. And then there's Chad Novak, who's also running in Ward Four. Oh yes, of course. He ran for mayor in 2012. His campaign became a joke, but he managed to become the biggest political celebrity in the city, save for the mayor, perhaps. Uh, yes. Um, and since 2012, he has done the reading. He has shown up and been an annoying thorn in the side of city council, but nobody can deny that he's been paying attention. And as a result, he has built up a lot of support in the city. Uh, I think he's well-placed to pick up any sort of disgruntled voters in uh, in Ward 4. Uh, I, I think people really underestimate how much people actually like Chad Novak in the city, and uh, I think he will make a strong run for Brian, Bur Brian Burnett's seat. But, again, incumbent year, uh, people are just going to go with the name they know. That's Brian Burnett. I think, uh, I think uh, Brian Burnett has a good chance, but you know who I think has an even better chance is uh, Byron Florette. Oh, who's that? Uh, he's a wild romantic. He uh, he writes many letters to the editor, but all in epic verse. Uh, and uh, he's known for having romantic dalliances, actually, with some people on city council. Ooh, yeah, house candles. Oh, I know. It's uh, it's uh, oh my, I say. Uh, although. I'm starting to think that he's actually just uh, Brian Burnett with a cape. Okay, well, you can go with Brian Florette. And uh, yes, are we, are we, have we talked about any other wards? We've got a few more. Okay. Uh, ward 9, uh, Aiden Wellerspoon. We've had him on the show. He was the first candidate that we interviewed. Um, Terry Hinks was a longtime Ward 9 councillor. Uh, he was a very popular councillor in that ward. He was the incumbent. He was running. He tragically passed away. Yes. last week. Um, uh, it's very sad news about Terry Hanks, but his name will still be on the ballot. But votes for Terry Hanks will not count. So, with that sad news there, there's two people left. 
uh, Jason Mancinelli and Aiden Watherspoon. I suspect Watherspoon will probably have a stronger campaign simply because he's related to other Watherspoons in the province who run campaigns. So there's some there's some uh, family expertise and name recognition. Exactly. So I think that Watherspoon will probably take the day. Agreed. Uh, actually, I think it will be Aiden Watherspoon, but not for the same reason. Okay. It's because uh, the name is Aiden, and they'll think it's me. And people want me on city council. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah. They, they'd be lucky to have you, Aiden. I, I, We'd miss you down here. I, I know. Well, I mean, I could, I, could, I, could, I could, like, moonlight. Uh, <laughs> ward 6. This is the final ward. Um, I'm going to give this one to Joel Murray. I don't know how this is going to play out. There are nine people running here. I think the vote splitting is going to be murder. Murray is the son. We've had him on the show. He's mm-hmm. the son of the, uh, the outgoing <laughs> counselor in that ward. Again, longtime popular counselor. I think the name recognition is going to carry the day here. So he's essentially an incumbent. But I've also heard that people like who are running like Connie Dieter, Shelley Lavely, uh, Femi Ogunrindi, and Bill Stevenson even have right. deep roots in the community, have name recognition there. Yeah. And so any one of them, if they have like a strong enough organization, maybe they could steal it away and um, you know overturn the Murray dynasty in Ward, uh, Ward 6, but I guess no, we'll no. find out. I mean, Ward 6 is an interesting uh, riding. It covers all kinds of different areas. Uh, so that, that to me is the most interesting race in the city. Uh, but I'm actually going to call it for uh, Dave Blu-ray. He's a okay. cyborg who's running. And uh, I think his ability to uh, shoot laser beams out of his arm is, uh, is really going to um, intimidate voters into uh, voting for him. Fair enough. Yeah. Because who wants their house like turned into slag, like in the blink of an eye? Yeah, when you have like nine candidates in the ward, it's the little things like laser beams yeah. that really make the difference. Right. I mean, there's that annoying whirring noise he makes when he walks, but you know, these are these are every candidate has flaws. That's true. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, those are our picks for uh, the Regina Civic Election on October 26. Uh, check back in next week, and we'll we'll be able to like talk about whether what we got right and what we got wrong. Yes, and I think, uh, frankly, I think my picks are going to be pretty much on the money. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see. And with that, I think it is time for us to call for an adjournment. Okay, I I have a motion for an adjournment. I second that motion. Nice. Okay, you have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. This meeting has been brought to you by Councillor Bryce's Twice Devices. Your device, just do that twice. Chances are you've got one of Sharon Bryce's Twice Devices. Your old device just won't suffice. Go roll the dice with a Twice Device. Effectively half the price, Sharon Bryce's Twice Devices. Twice is nice. Guaranteed. Thanks to uh, Vicki Nelson, or perhaps Ricky Nelson, for appearing as a guest tonight, and also to Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire, for providing our theme music. You can find us on Twitter at QueenCityIB or on our website, QueenCityIB.com, which this week has all kinds of audio goodies. Also, you can find us on Facebook and at cjtr.ca slash podcasts or on iTunes. Next up, we've got Nerdcore Cabaret, followed by The Cockpit. Keep on improving, Jack.